0: self-care. Freedom is self-care. It's not about pedicures. It's not about clothing. It's not about trips. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Today on the show, I'm sitting down with an artist who is truly inspiring. Her work is gorgeous and she's a mom of girls. Her name is Jen Garrido. Her art is truly phenomenal, and I'm excited for you guys to hear a bit of her story about how her art came to be and what her self-care looks like. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. This is Jen Garrido's story. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hi. How are you today? (laughs) Good! How I'm, are you? I'm good. good. I'm so glad we've been able to, you know, finally make this work. Thank you so much for being on the show with us.
1: I'm so happy.
0: Oh my gosh. I am I cannot wait to talk with you um, just about all of the things you have going on, your art, your mothering, all of that. But I don't want to give your introduction away. So can you <laughs> introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: My name is Jen Garrido. I am a fine artist and make work under the name Jen Garrido. And then I also have another business and an alter ego named Jenny Pennywood, and that is my home textile line. I have two kids, one's seven, and one is eight months old. We live in San Francisco. Uh, There's probably more, but...
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. That's you in a nutshell, and that is awesome. Thank you. So I want to dive right in. So I, I forget how I found you but i know it was probably through CSUN, which yes. was a brand of yours and i and still is a brand of yours right you guys are relaunching correct
1: yes yeah, so we took um like a, a pretty substantial hiatus and then yes we are launching a mini collection of just uh, women's and kids' top. So yeah, it, we're, we're relaunching.
0: I'm so excited about that. But that's how I I found you. And I had the pleasure of meeting you at In Good Company's, um conference yeah. in September. And I was having a fangirl moment. I just was you so excited. Not... I was. I literally was having a fangirl moment. And I had just bought the... Not the yeah the swaddle and the rap from Solly Baby the collaboration that you guys had. So when I saw that you were there, I was like, oh my gosh! Like, what do I say? She's so oh, great. God. I love her work.
1: <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's totally ridiculous. Because I I was having also a fangirl moment too because I do follow you on Instagram and I'm a big fan. And so I'm I just like, oh wow. Well, because when you did buy the stuff from C-Center, I remember Lena was like. Alex L Al just bought some stuff from CSUN. and I was like what I don't know we were excited.
0: I was so happy. I was, you know, thrilled and so funny. My 10-year-old um she was actually wearing her CSUN the other day, her leggings. So I'm just oh, good. goodness, I'm just so happy to have you on. Okay, so let's dive in. So we we yep. have a little bit um of information about who you are and I really want to yes. I really want to talk about your journey through entrepreneurship as a mother of two, and living in San Francisco as a fine artist, and also, you know, just how you're navigating that space of motherhood and being an artist. So I guess let's start with some background of how you chose fine art, and when did you fall in love with art? I've always loved art.
1: Even, I mean, even as a kid, like I'm not the best student, even though I was sort of in these, like, excelled classes I think I'm just really good at memorizing things so at a certain point like when that stopped in high school um, I started taking more art classes so I was taking like art classes instead of math which was who let me do that I have no idea (laughs) but I did that and so when I applied for college I applied only to the art program and I went to Sonoma State in Northern California and I just remember taking some classes and then bam, it sort of hit me. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is, this is what this means, you know? Cause like, it, it's not almost enough to like wanna be an artist. You also have to like embody it in your body, you know? Like there's some sort of internal language that begins to form and and it, it just struck me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was maybe 19 or 20 when I started to sort of really understand what that meant. And at that point, that's all I did.
0: That's awesome. How has that, how has your love for art and creating um, impacted how you move through the world? Because I feel like I have a I have a lot of friends who are fine artists, actually. I have like five or six friends who majored in fine art in college. Mm-hmm. And how they move through the world, I feel like they see differently. You guys see art in Everything in the way the wind blows in how a building may look Mm. in how the colors intertwine in the sky that day, you know, and I know that may Mm -hmm. sound so dramatic, but it's, it's the truth. And I just wonder how that, how that love of art has impacted how you move and navigate through the world.
1: There's so many different ways in which to be an artist in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I like I chose, I, I started out as a fine artist. So painting and drawing is my thing. I'm very process oriented. Um, and I feel like I bring that process oriented, creative problem solving way of thinking to sort of everything I do, even like sort of down to like when I used to wait tables, I almost feel like it was an art as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds silly, but like there's just something about the way like the brain sort of picks up on figuring things out. I do that. At home while I'm cooking dinner, and I do it in the exact same way as when I'm like sitting here trying to figure out how to make a painting Mm. Mm. or trying to figure out how to like get a shirt made. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's just, I feel like it applies to all different kinds of things, if that makes sense.
0: It does make sense. So, how did you figure out, okay, I'm gonna start my own line, I'm gonna sell my artwork, and then You've turned your artwork not only into things you can hang on your wall in your house, but things you can wear and things you can just have around in the home, like your dish towels and Mm -hmm. and pieces of that nature. When were you deciding, this is what I want to do, yes, and I also want to do this and that with my art as well?
1: That's been quite a journey, actually. So I, I went to undergraduate school. And I I majored in um, I got my BFA in painting like a diehard painter mm-hmm. that's how that's how I feel on the inside and like and that's what I wanted to do so then I went to graduate school at Mills College in Oakland something happened there I did not have a good experience granted I was really only like 24 25 26 years old so I really hadn't made art outside of the um, an educational setting. So then I went back into graduate school. It wasn't the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And I have a lot of different opinions about people going to get their master's in fine art for studio art because of my experience. It just was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got my painting got lost somewhere. So I started doing photography, which was fine. And back then, like there was not even a digital camera. Oh, it's so wow. sad, so how using old film? I am. <laughs> wait, wait, I didn't. I don't even think I had email back then, and this was in like 1999. And then I got out of graduate school, and I felt very beaten down. I stopped doing art. I decided I wanted to be a kindergarten through eighth grade art teacher, so I ended up doing that. And I then I started to revisit my practice. So things sort of started to slowly like reintegrate themselves into my life, like my art studio practice. And then in 2008, when I turned 30, I decided I'm not going to teach anymore. If I want to be a full-time working artist, it's either going to happen now or never. Mm. So I quit my teaching job. And at that time, I had, I had some galleries that I was working with. I was um, an affiliate artist at the Headland Center for the Arts, which is like a beautiful art space at the coast up in Marin. And so I quit teaching. I was doing full-time art. Everything was going really well. And then the economy dumped. So in 2008, everything that I was doing that that was making me money stopped. Mm. All my galleries closed. And I did not sell another painting for uh, several years after that.
0: How did that impact your belief that you could live off your art? Was it immediately kind of discouraging? Like, like, how were you able to come back Mm -hmm. from that?
1: Well, there's a whole backstory too, because because I had always thought that I was going to be this certain kind of artist. I wanted to be in, like, like high-end art galleries selling my work and just painting. Like, very romantic, very um, fine art-driven. Mm-hmm. And so I had felt like I was on that path. And a few things kind of had come up during that path that was pushing me away from that path. A few blogs posted about my work. And my work kept getting pushed into this very commercial space, but I kept fighting against it. I'm like, I don't want to be a commercial artist. Right. And I was feeling really bad about that. Like, like there was something wrong with working more commercially at that time. Like that's what I was thinking and feeling. So in 2008, when that economy crashed, I had to really think of what I was going to do. And so what I decided to do was give myself an alter ego, Jenny Pennywood, Mm -hmm. and she would be my commercial like lady. I started doing weddings. I would take all my commercial work that way. And that's how I started to make money is through Jenny Pennywood. And Jen Garita just sort of sat there and like relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so that was my response to the economy falling apart was like basically creating a new person within myself. And I always have wanted to be a businesswoman, my, um, have my own business, work for myself. I always felt drawn to that. hmm wasn't I was never sure how that was going to look
0: Look, we get it. Your child is incredibly curious and a lot of toys and activities these days just don't keep their attention. Well, keep them engaged with hours of fun with Little Passports. Little Passports is a subscription box full of toys and games for children of all ages that educates and entertains. For twelve ninety five per month, there's tons to explore right from your own home. Little Passports box is delivered right to your door every month and each package contains exciting hands-on learning for kiddos 3 and and up. You can feed their inner scientist with the science expedition pack, which is full of cool experiments to try, or you can even make your own slime. And just for my listeners, Little Passports is offering 15% off of any subscription. That means your child could be flying rockets or looking through a microscope in no time. Use offer code HeyGirl at checkout for 15% off your order. That's HeyGirl at LittlePassports.com. Do you love discovering new products? Are you a beauty and fashion maven constantly on the hunt for the next best thing ever read about or spot something online that you've always wanted to try but never have then you might love fabfit fun it allows women everywhere to discover new products as well as including rave review and must-have brands that you know and love it's like christmas four times a year stumped on gift ideas fabfitfun is also a great gift for someone you love You can surprise your mom or sister with this awesome summer box packed with great items. Do you have a daughter who's going to college, maybe, or a friend who's a new mom? FabFitFun is an awesome care package. My last box came with this beautiful lotus towel. It was blue, and it's shaped like the flower, and it has a gorgeous design in the middle. That's something we've been laying out on the deck and relaxing on for a few weeks now. So what I love about FabFitFun is that they offer full-size products, no samples of anything. Every box is guaranteed to have over $200-plus in retail value. The Summer 2019 box has a total retail value between 269 to 467 That's fantastic. Treat yourself with items in it, such as the Sutra Professional Mini Travel Blow Dryer, the beautiful Vicks Paula Lotus Towel, or the West Elm Indigo Tie-Dye Bowls. Many of the products' individual value is more than the entire cost of the box. You can customize your box by choosing some products and some add-ons with each one, or you can be surprised. It's great for discovering new brands and new products. What a better way to shop. I'm looking forward to my next box because they're always so different and packed with things I can actually use. I like to share the items in my box with my 11-year-old. She's really into skincare these days. We recently got a clay mask and a foot mask and a body scrub. She loves them all. The FabFitFun 2019 Summer Box is on sale now. So sign up for FabFitFun today. These boxes always sell out. You can use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. All you have to do is go to FabFitFun to sign up and get started. Use promo code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 for only $39.99. Go to FabFitFun.com and use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. It's, all, um, it's so funny how that happens, right? Like we have yeah. all these plans for our lives and our, our futures, our careers and how they look to us. And then <laughs> we're smacked with these detours yes. that completely yeah. shift our, our narratives. And, and like, for instance, you said that you didn't want to be a commercial artist. You were really pushing against that. And then that's how you ended up making your, your comeback or your money while being yes. able to still do the art, but just in a different yeah. form. Exactly. Yes. And it's like, and
1: it really like, I do feel like I'm two different people. Like, I feel like I have such a, a desire to keep my painting practice going. Right. And, and I also have such a deep desire to be this like bustling small business owner. Yeah. There's just something about all of that, like being my own boss and like, and being other people's bosses. Like, Mm -hmm. I really like that idea. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I'm a good manager. Like there's a lot of different qualities to both but i feel like jenny pennywood is very much about protecting the i still am very protective over my art practice right and every idea in my mind that i have about sort of expanding into my into jenny pennywood and making her bigger has like has everything to do with like car continuing to carve out space for for jen Garrito's painting yeah And the idea that I have these both, both of these people has always been like, well, when one's up, one's down, Mm -hmm. like I could work on one while the other one's slow. Well, right now, over the last couple of years, it's just both of them are sort of neck and neck. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm definitely going into a new place with my work.
0: I feel like that happens a lot in entrepreneurship specifically Mm -hmm. in the creative career. So with that being said, how do you balance motherhood and your creative career? Because I know that that can't be easy. It's never easy for us trying to do both, but we find a way, right? So how have you you found your way in mothering and creating?
1: For me, like my personality is just to like keep going, 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 going. Like I'm not the kind of person who is going to like take a break after having a baby. Yeah. So with Juna, I just, like, went back. Like, within a week, I was back at the studio because I had orders to ship and, like, paintings to make and oh, all kinds wow. of things like that. Yeah. Even though I was, like, bleeding and uncomfortable and whatever, I still came mm-hmm. to the studio. And um, with my first daughter, I didn't have the same kinds of things going on as I do now. So my, that, she was born in 2011, in January 2011. So it really was, like, right after two like we got I, we got married and then I got pregnant and the, things had not grown mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. in terms of my careers. I was still making my art and, but I was really depressed mm-hmm. like after Gemma because I felt this sort of lacking in my life. I, I just didn't have anything going on. Mm-hmm. There was actually no Instagram then either. So, mm-hmm. so there was like, there was like really no, I had to work really hard at connecting with people and, and getting out into the world. And in that sense, like there was really no balance. Like I was just doing motherhood. And I knew that with Juna, like I was going to just go back Hmm. to like ward off all of those feelings. Um, and as far as like just getting the work done, I just, I keep, I keep I just trust that it's going to get done. I guess uh, there's no real balance in it. It's like if I have to come to my studio late at night, then I will. If I have to come to studio like Saturday morning for a couple hours just to paint one thing, then I will. Um, It's kind of like day by day. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And there's no
1: like larger plan in place yet in terms of how it's all going to work, which is hard for me.
0: But I really like that you say that because it's the reality. Right. You know, yeah. so many women don't have um, a break. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to give an example of, of myself. Like I literally forced myself. So my so my oldest is 10. And then I yeah. have <laughs> it's a long time. Yeah. And then yeah. I have Isla, who is a newborn. And during my pregnancy, I shut down everything. I stopped my book tour. I closed my skincare line and I really made the conscious choice to turn inward and to Mm, really uh take care of myself. Because when I had Charlie, I was in, you know, I was going into college. I was working, you know, I was hustling, bustling. There was no break. And I wanted to be really intentional about nurturing myself during this pregnancy. But I knew that that was a privilege. Like, I know that there are so many women out there who can't do that. You can't just stop and shut shit down and yes. focus in on yourself. Um, yeah. So I'm really happy that you you said that because once Isla got here, you know, I definitely started slowly but surely getting back into the groove. And I I kind of struggled with a little bit of guilt, too, because I'm like, okay, I have to get back to work, you know, I have to work on my second project, I've gotten my advance for this, Mm -hmm. this book already, Um, I can't just completely be like, okay, I'm just gonna kind of whimsically prance through life, even though I wish I could, we can't. Mm -hmm. But how I found that balance by taking breaks when I needed them, it was through the little things, right? Like not being, you know, on my phone all the time, you know, answering emails and texts and conference calls and Instagram and all this and really trying to still work but also be introspective and Mm. it's hard to do it's really hard to do especially when you're back into the swing of work and you're like I need to ship this order I need to turn this contract in I have this collaboration phone call I need to do X Y and Z and it's Uh just like how am I going to get it done with self care involved so with that said (laughs) Oh my, yeah. Does yeah. self-care show up in your life these days or is it hard? And I think this is a good conversation to have. And I like how this flow is going because I know a lot of people look at me and other women who, who talk about self-care and they're like, how do you self-care with kids, with a husband, with a job, with a nine to five job? Like, I don't have yeah. time to do that. How are you doing it if you are or how do you want to do it better?
1: like my late 20s up until like maybe when I until I was like 38 I was in therapy and I probably spent I don't even know like I when I added it all up one year cuz I was in psychotherapy and I was going 3 days a week mm-hmm. it was ridiculous how much money I was spending but that was part of me getting good with me mm-hmm. It, 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 my husband makes fun of me and like, and then also gets mad at me. And he's like, why do you spend so much money on this self care stuff? So I, I go to the chiropractor, mm-hmm. I go to acupuncture, I talk to my clairvoyant people, because that really helps me mm-hmm. like it really helps me get centered. I feel like if I don't go get that massage that I need to go get, I, I feel like I'm going to um, suffocate. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm not like keeping up with those things that make my body and brain work together, then so many other things are not possible. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, like it, does. I, I, it does. My parents are not self-care people. And um, my sister just recently started doing so much self-care. She wakes up at four o'clock in the morning exercising, like she does her essential oils. Like, and you really see this like difference vibing off of her. It's pretty exciting. I really, I'm totally okay with like, almost spending all the money that I have and all the ways to make me feel like I can like take on the world.
0: So how about when people don't have the money to, oh, to do, I know to do m- massages and, and the chiropractor and essential oils and things like that. Because I know yeah. sometimes people have even asked me like, you know, I don't have money for, you know, a manicure or a massage. And uh-huh. I tell, and I tell people all the time, Self-care doesn't have to be expensive. You know, That's self-care right. can take five minutes of sitting at your desk, breathing, doing your yeah. meditation, taking out your journal for five minutes and writing down how you're feeling in that moment. So when it comes yes. to you, you know, maybe you're not having a, self, a financial self-care week, right? And you really just kind of need to step away from home or the husband or the kids. Where uh-huh. do you retreat to as, as an artist, and a mother and a wife to be able to kind of find your center in those moments when you just need like five minutes.
1: First, I'd like to preface this by actually, I don't, I'm, I don't have any money, <laughs> so like all the home care <laughs> that I do is, I still do it, even though, I we are we are financially struggling. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to say that. Mm-hmm. But for me, I feel very lucky that painting. Uh, helps me get centered. It helps me have that internal conversation that I need to have with myself. I have a ongoing journal on my computer. And when I need to talk to myself, Mm -hmm. that's where I go. And it's always open. And sometimes I just go there and write two words or five sentences or whatever. That's always really helpful. I think that Fresh air really helps. Yeah. Like I feel like that's the freest, best self-care for myself is to like go on a walk with a friend. Hiking is really nice.
0: A lot of people find that that nature is the best medicine.
1: Yes, totally. I don't get to go hiking as much as I used to, but I do have one friend that I go on hikes with that I, it's like walking, talking, therapy, meditation or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I know, again, I don't get to do that very often, but that's free.
0: That is free. Nature is that always is... free. You can go outside and just <laughs> breathe for five seconds. Yes. Um, raising daughters and having yeah. them be seven years apart. Yeah. <laughs> how does it feel for you? How does it feel for you to be a girl mom? Number one, because I love it. I love being a girl mom. Um, and I have learned to love this age gap. It's very new. I kind of feel like mm-hmm. even though I have a kid already who, you know, I've mothered and she's 10. I do feel like this new experience with Isla has opened up so many things that I have either forgotten or just didn't experience with Charlie. So I was mm-hmm. wondering how has that worked for you and your girls being seven years apart?
1: Well, so, I, so far, it's so lovely seeing the older one. Loving on the younger one, and you don't. We are not experiencing that. Um, I wouldn't say like the jealousy, the sibling rivalry. I, I I feel like when they're close in age, I hear people talking about that, but I don't see that with my girls, which is nice. Gemma, Gemma's, Gemma's the older one, and I had her when I was thirty six, so I see. Her getting older and she's like almost feels like she's becoming a teenager. Mm-hmm. And then I have this little, little baby. It feels good. Like the idea that Gemma is going into the second grade, like that she's way more self sufficient. That's really nice. Yeah. Her attitude is getting huge, which is hard because we've got this little baby like crying over here and then this like sassy attitude girl. <laughs> Which is hard, but it's fine. Um, As far as the girl thing, I have a sister and then my sister has two daughters. So it's almost, I feel like it's the only thing I know. Mm. So I would never, I mean, I wouldn't change it. I would have, I wanted girls maybe because I knew that that was, I mean, that's all I know. So it's all I, in my mind, that's my, my script.
0: I want to talk about color and shapes. I was on your website earlier and that phrase really stood out to me. What moves you to create color and shapes? Because your abstract pieces blow my entire mind. Like I love them, they are gorgeous. What calls you to certain colors and certain shapes? Do seasons have a part of that? Do your feelings have a part in that? How do you get to where the piece starts and then when it ends? When I was pregnant with my first daughter, I started making pieces
1: that were, um, more abstract. I I feel like, and, and, and then when I was pregnant with my second kid, I started doing it again. And I feel like it's because I'm looking for balance, like, and the work is really about like balance, shape and the weight of shapes, the way they lean on each other, fold on each other. I feel like they're kind of like rearranging my internal furniture, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. And so when I do them, I find a lot of peace or questions being answered. I don't know. There's just something that that's very soothing to me. Um, as far as the colors go, um, I don't feel like they're seasonal and I do feel like I gravitate towards certain colors and sometimes like certain colors really make me feel certain things. Like, um, I love the color. I love coral and all like pinks. So I find myself using those kinds of colors a lot. And, what I've been really experimenting with lately is like throwing in a color that is just so off putting Mm -hmm. and working around that color to find color balance or harmony, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially with a color in there that feels like, Ooh, that gives me the funny feeling. I don't like that color. And I, my, my inclination is like, I'm just going to paint it, paint over it. Mm. But then I spend time like sitting back and looking and thinking like, well, how can I make that color more appealing? What other colors, uh, can I put around it to make it feel warm and cozy as opposed to like
0: poopy and cold or something? <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, I totally get, I totally get that. And, um, I actually have one of your paintings as the background on my phone and stop, I do, do I do, I totally do. <laughs> um, and I love how I love the stacking that you use yeah. in your abstract art. Um, it makes me feel like I can kind yeah. of, this is going to sound weird, but I know art makes you feel different things. But it, I can relate to yeah. kind of the heaviness of some of the the blocks or shapes and then the lightness of the, the colors that intertwine with the light colors and the dark colors I just it just makes me feel good and I know that that that's what art is supposed to do it's supposed to make you feel good and it's supposed to make you feel things you know even if it's not uh-huh. necessarily good things it's like I feel something here and I really I really appreciate artists like you who are able to translate feelings from paint and texture and just shapes I think that it's Magical because I am not an artist. I literally can't even make a stick figure, and it's so funny because Charlie is an artist. Mm. She can look at something and draw it and it looked exactly yeah. like the thing that's in front of her, and yeah. that is just it's magical to me how people's brains work that way when it comes to art. so we've touched on motherhood, we've touched on self care we've touched on art, of course. And the last question I want to, I want to ask you is who are you today? Today? Who am I today? Yes. Oh my goodness. In addition to being a mother, a wife, an artist, as you stand or sit where you are today, who do you feel that you are? Oh God. Who am I today? Well,
1: I am a mother who has a full day in the studio, which is very exciting. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I don't know. How, how do other people answer that question? I mean, I feel like some of the things that I've been sort of grappling with lately are, um, I don't know if they're who I am.
0: There's no right or wrong way to answer either. And this is my first time asking this question. So I'm very excited about it.
1: Oh, good. Well, because I mean, there's some things that like I've been really like chipping away at how to envision and expand my businesses, you know, make them more and bigger. Like I, I want more.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I've been thinking about this for a really long time and, and I keep finding people who I think might be able to help me like expand that business and then the universe comes down and like something happens. And then that person just disappears. Mm. It's almost as like, and I feel like right now who I am is I'm trying to trust that the time will be right when it's time and that I'm all the preparation and all the envisioning and all the things that I'm doing and then I'm thinking and all that is all sort of like pre-work for that expansion. So I'm trying to be patient. Mm. If that makes sense.
0: It does make sense. It absolutely makes sense.
1: Just trying to like just trust and be patient and, um, and neutral, like let things just be what they are. It's really hard because I'm a go, go, go. Mm -hmm. I'm a go. I want it now. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm, I, Maybe that's why I'm just trying. I'm just a lady trying to be patient. There you go. That's, all.
0: that's, that's it. What I, am. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So with that said, I just want to say thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Um, this was a really fun conversation for me. Before we go, please let everyone know where they can find you, your art and your brand on the internets.
1: Well, I've got my fine art website, jengarito.com. I've got. My home textile line, JennyPennywood.com. I will be having a solo show in Austin in June at a gallery called Wally Workman. So if you're in Austin, please come and visit. Seasun's coming out. So that's ShopSeasun.com, And we're going to be launching our new collection in
0: maybe next month. I'm so excited for Seasun. by the way. I was so sad when you first, you guys first... um said you know we're gonna be going away for a little bit I was like no please but I'm, I was I was sad too
1: I I'm happy we're redoing it it's exciting I was I was not ready to be done at the time but it really was like perfect timing because I was pregnant and I don't know why I think I can do I, I feel like I can do everything yeah. and then and then the
0: universe quickly is like girl slow down I know, I know it's, <laughs> that's me too but
1: it's like my nature it's like I want to do this I want to do that I want to do this and then and
0: then I'm like hmm yeah that's that's possible and not possible all at the same time well thank you so much Jen for offering your art with me with the world and I am so excited for what's to come for you so thanks so much for being on the show thank you for asking me thanks (laughs) talk to you later bye okay talk later bye The Hey Girl Podcast is a member of the District Productive, produced by Paul, Woody Woodhall, and me, Alex L. Music by DC's own, Kokai.